Hello and welcome to a post-match reaction to the Sunwolves versus the Waratahs. The Waratahs came out on top 50-29 in the end um, and in what looks like fairly blustery conditions. Uh, I'm Paul Gohan Driving Mall and joining me this evening is Hugh. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you, and a happy National Beer Day to you. Is it? Oh, it I didn't is know that. Indeed. <laughs> oh, if I'd known, I'd have... I'd have Call it to celebrate. <laughs> Well, it's National Beer Day for me tomorrow because uh, I'm off to Mike's Brewery tomorrow. Um, so uh, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you'll have seen my see me drinking in their beer and I'm going to my first time ever get to visit their brewery. So that's going to be good. Looking forward to that. Outstanding. The, uh, <laughs> absolutely. So um, big congratulations to Curtly Beale to start off with, uh, becoming the most capped Waratah back um, ever, overtaking Horn, I think they said, uh, at the beginning of the game. And uh, Joel, welcome on the live chat. Says, feels good when you have Noravoro on your fantasy team. And uh, he had a big game today, didn't he? He sure did. And certainly the, the game plan looked to be to get it to him as often as possible. And I've been impressed that actually, because he, he lasted the full game this time. Um, we've seen him in the last couple of games where uh, he hasn't made, hasn't lasted the full game. Uh, and it, so it's, it's, it's clearly he's coming into uh, getting a bit of fitness uh, as well, because we all know his power, but uh, it's been his sort of canny last 80 minutes has been a bit of a problem over the last few games. Absolutely. It, it wasn't um, until he was forced to turn and chase and uh, made what was quite a poor attempt at a tackle, really, that um, his deficiencies were shown up. Apart from that, you know, he was fantastic. He was. And one of the points that uh, um, so Richard Freeman, who was on the sideline doing sideline commentary, said he talked to Jamie Joseph beforehand and, he, and Jamie Joseph said they would be looking at trying to put the little chips through to turn the players. And I thought that was would be targeted Noravoro. But in some ways, Newsom got targeted more that way than, than Noravoro did and also made a mess of it. Yeah, I thought Newsom had quite an ordinary game, actually. He's, you know, it's a tough gig coming in and um, replacing Falau. But uh, even in attack, I thought in the second half, until he, um, yeah, I, I thought he took some poor options in attack as well. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think, uh, I, th I thought he had a poor game. Um, just because we're talking about Nairavoro, I've just spotted this stat. I've got, I've got to say this one. Uh, so he had to try and make five tackles in this game. How many of them do you think he made and how many do you think he missed? Oh, I, I actually don't remember seeing him make one. He, he might have made one. Missed th uh, miss four then? Uh, the, spot on. Yes, made one tackle, missed four in my no. So uh, very good with ball in hand, not so great um, defensively uh, to this week. Uh, but he, he did spark the first try, got a bit of space on halfway, uh, got past uh, the, the first player. And once he's going, he's very difficult to stop. And he got the offload and, uh, uh, and try early doors. Oh, it was a sensational offload, actually. So not only did he beat, I think, two defenders and then um, when the third defender came across and, and got him, it was a great offload to Foley and then a nice pass to Gordon, who, like all good halfbacks, was running that support line down the centre of the field and easy try. I was happy because he's actually on my fantasy team. So <laughs> seeing him score twice felt pretty good. Well, I think isn't uh, I think they mentioned actually also that he's the top try scorer in the National Rugby Championship. Now they did say in commentary the top try scorer ever, and I was like, it's only been going for three years, so let's not make, let's make this too big a deal. But yes, so uh, yeah, Gordon definitely knows how he knows his way to the try line. Uh, that's for certain. 
Um, the Scumwolves the the came back um, nicely. It was interesting seeing them uh, tapping, tapping and going even in their own 22, but then opting for a scrum uh, in the Waratahs 22 rather than going for the lineouts uh, and uh, and saw little going over. They, they did that quite a bit this, this evening, didn't they? Choosing the, the scrum over the penalty. They did. I thought it was interesting uh, to contrast how the Tars played with the wind in the first half and the Sunwolves played into the wind and then in the second half, um, vice versa. The, as you say, the Sunwolves were very reluctant to kick in the first half. They took a lot of quick taps. They were taking the scrum options from penalties and short arms, whereas the Tars in the second half were far more willing to kick it. When the Tars had the wind, they uh, Foley and Gordon as well did a lot of kicking, but the Sunwolves didn't really play that game so much when they had the wind in the second half. It was interesting. It was interesting. And when we saw that the that, that um, the World Tars could kick in a second half, it did uh, did did ask the question, beg the question as to why, as to was the, was the wind as strong as it was being made out to be? Because they, they got some decent kicks off. Sure, Foley had a bit of problems kicking sticks, but uh, but kicking from hand didn't seem to be overly impacted by the by the wind. It didn't. Uh, I mean, having said that, one of the kicks that Beal did in the first half from basically under his own post went a mile and uh, I didn't see anything like that from the Sunwolves in the second half. So I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it died down a bit in the second half or, as you say, it just wasn't quite as strong as was made out to be. Yeah, or maybe it was blustery as well. Um, there was th th that one. Um, so, yeah, it could have been a, a blustery day. The Sunwolves' uh, discipline in this game was very good, but they did give up a, um, a penalty, which was kicked for three fairly early on. And then Rona went through a gap and everyone just seemed to just stand off him and just let him run over the try line. I thought that was uh, probably the best game I've seen Rona play, but I thought he, he, got, he got a bit of an easy, easy ride for that try. I agree. I thought Rona had an excellent game and, and uh, I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but in the second half especially, I thought Foley was quite static um, and was just kind of standing and shoveling it on. And Rona was one of the few people that was actually taking it forward and threatening the line. He had a great game. Yep. No. It's, I say. Yeah. The best game I've seen him uh, seen him play. I thought he. I say. I, I still think he got lucky with the uh, with that run and that the players players stood off him. Uh, and then the the Sunwolves did what they seem to do every game, which is give a, give an easy try. They passed the ball, dropped onto the ground. Three forwards then managed to run it in from forty meters out, which was uh, impressive athleticism from the forwards there uh, to get through. Uh, I think it was Hannigan first got the ball. Yep. And uh, uh, before releasing, oh, who was number six? I think it was ha Hannigan to Fitzpatrick to Will Miller. That's right. Yep, and then yep. Will, Will Miller showed some good, some good legs to get himself un un under the sticks. And at fourteen twenty-four and tw on twenty-four minutes, sorry, at seven twenty-four and twenty minutes, you've it looked like it was going to get out of hand uh, uh, very quickly. Then for the for the uh, for the Wolves. Yeah, I thought the Tars played really well in that first 20 minutes or so and and like they did in the second half against the Rebels, everything seemed to be going their way, all the passes were sticking and then things seemed to change very quickly. They did, uh, little through a little, dummy, in his own 22 and then nearly went the whole way but um, it just got caught before the end but managed to get the ball away. So that was the, um, so they did get that, that that's, uh, um, they did get a try back then, followed up with another with, with a penalty as well because the Tars' discipline in this game was pretty poor. They obviously they lost Hooper to the bin in the second half, but they gave up 
uh, a lot of 14 penalties. There we go. 14 to three was the penalty count. Which was just um, atrocious by the, by the Tars in this game. Oh, It was, yeah. And, and going back to that uh, little try, that dummy that he sold was absolutely outrageous on his own line. I think it was Will Miller, actually, that missed the tackle that, um, that fell for the dummy. So um, he had a very good game, though, Michael Little. He was, he was definitely their best player. Um, I mean, Miller played well. I thought also their, their, their wingers also played well without necessarily getting the reward for, for their efforts. Um, um, Matazira, uh, mm. particularly um, 10 carries for 106 metres. Uh, I thought he, was, he played pretty well. Little 12 carries for 122 metres now. 60 of those meters or 70 of those meters were within one carry, admittedly. But uh, I thought, yeah, I thought those two players played well. Um, as you say, uh, Little was uh, was 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 a, a commanding and and leadership presence in that uh, in that back line, which I thought was good. Yeah, I think that was one of the other tackles that Nairavoro missed. Actually, was on Little when he made that run. Uh, probably was. That's. Uh, I saw Nairavoro try to do some sort of uh, attempted tap on one of the some walls. He's like, mate, you're twice his size. Just get hold of him. Don't try these. Don't you don't need to do little tap tackles with his ankles. No, no. And, and um, he was almost standing next to him. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, I actually thought, going back to that try where Little ran eighty meters or ninety meters, or whatever. I actually thought the last pass looked a little bit dodgy. Do Do you remember? I thought it looked forward. You know, one and a half to two meters. Actually, um, I'm not sure. I think it was that far forward, but there were a number of passes in this game, which, I mean, some were given as forward passes and some weren't. So it can Blown be forward, backwards out of the hand. One of those ones. I, wanna, I, I, I hate that. I, I just, <laughs> just where the ball goes. I understand all this this idea of momentum and all this kind of stuff, but just throw it further backwards. Then, if it's going to go forwards with momentum, um, very simple, in my view. Uh, but there you go. Um, we then uh, saw uh, uh, the Tars reassert their dominance. Gordon went over from a uh, from the back of a, a scrum, pretty similar to the other the the Sumwells. Um, I think we saw Sumwells do something similar uh, from from a scrum as well. Mm. And then a very poor Sumwells line out, and that and it was a poor line out all game. Gave the Tars yeah. uh, possession and territory. Uh, for a, for a try on half time, and at seventeen thirty eight, the big question was how how many points is that wind worth? And the answer was not very many. <laughs> no, I mean at certain points you would have said, and then the way the commentators were talking, you would have said it was a you know fifteen to twenty point breeze, but who knows? Yeah, I think the Sumwells didn't, and and the, the, I think that the Tars by scoring. That line-out mall try in the uh, the very beginning of the second half. Fact, at, at that point, I I, yeah, I basically switched off and went, yeah. I did not not literally switch off, but I, just, I mentally switched off and went, yeah. This game's now over. I can't see the Sunwolves coming back from this. And I think that really was the death, the the, the nail in the coffin. Was that was the line-out mall because the Sunwolves hadn't got their line-out working. They they never managed to get any malls going, and it showed that the Tars could grind it out if they needed to. It was a good try, actually, I thought, and, and a, a good option to kick for touch and take the line out and then come up with the points. And as you say, it would have um, psychologically would have made a big difference, I think. Yep, because the Tars then didn't actually score again until the 
uh, what was it then? And then yeah, until about the seventy odd, uh, seventy odd odd minute, seventy four mm. minutes. So they had they had uh, nearly half an hour of not scoring. In that time, the uh, Sunwolves managed to put get two two um, two tries. One of them actually, sorry, this is where the scrum try came in. The uh, first off, we had it. There was a great break and footwork by the winger that we talked about, and, and Naravoris attempted tap tackle. We, um, that, we, that was after I think the ball must have been in play for five or six minutes, and and it looked like the Tars were going to score. Actually, Naravoro made another great run, and he had Gordon sitting on his right hand shoulder on the inside, and he didn't pass, and then they turned it over, and then I think the Sunwolves actually might have turned it over again at one point before they. Oh, before Beale, then Beale had a bit quick run and, and lost the ball. Yep, right. and then it, yeah. Was, uh, it was. Yeah, there were there were some long passages of the plainness, and the the commentators made some good points that the the some Wolves did a good job of trying to control the pace of this game. When they had the ball, uh, they were taking lots of t- quick tap and goes. They were taking lots of quick lineouts. They were kept the pace up, and then when they didn't want to, uh, at other times they would just hold on to the ball and slow things down uh, to let their guys get back organised. And yeah, the, there was some clever play by the, by the Sunwolves that we don't perhaps give them uh, appreciation for. I think we're seeing Jamie Joseph's uh, influence on this side in the fact that their match, well, whilst their individual skill level may not be high enough to really to, to, to really challenge and get many wins in this competition, but their game management and their thinking about it, uh, I think is, uh, is, is top notch. They played well in, in parts, that's for sure. And I thought that you know, it looked like the Tars were kind of slipping back into the way that they played against the Haguaras, where they just were throwing it wide with no real um, plan or reason behind it. There was very little go forward. As I said, Foley was just standing there and shoveling it out, and, and none of the forwards um, were providing much go forward either. And, and you know, they'd go for five or six phases, and then the Sunwolves would either get the penalty or get the turnover. And and they got a little bit of momentum. They got the crowd into it. And, you know, they did well to, at times, um, really stay in touch. And, and even though, you know, the task scored 50 points, I, I must be honest, I never really felt totally comfortable. I thought that, that the Sunwolves were always still a chance the way that they were playing. Well, yes, yeah, so that's... I was saying at, at half time when they were eleven points up, it didn't feel it felt like this. This could turn round, round, and part of that was because of the wind. But when you think about the uh, the number of turnovers conceded, the Sunwolves uh, conceded eighteen turnovers uh, to only six by the Waratahs, which just shows that their ball handling wasn't really up to it, um, and which was which which meant that the this um, oh whoops the Tars had eleven scrums in this game which shows you how, how poor the handling was. And their tackling was only at 68% as well. So there were definitely opportunities that I, probably a lot of those defenders beaten will be, I think because I saw, I think I saw the other stat that was, was 10 by Naravoro. So maybe 10 of those tackles are missed on, Nar- to, uh, missed on Naravoro, but there's still, they, they missed nearly 30 tackles, which is just uh, unforgivable at this level. They're not, uh, uh, with that, if you're turning over that lot that often and you're missing that many tackles, you're going to give up a lot of points, mm, and probably what five or six of those turnovers were from the straight from the line out as well. Um, certainly, the, the Tars' lack of discipline would have helped keep them in the game as well. Absolutely, I mean, as we said, we talked about this that uh, yeah, giving up fifteen penalties to three meant that they meant that the Sunwolves should have had territory and possession, but because their line out was misfiring, they didn't, they couldn't, they couldn't take proper advantage 
of mm. of that discipline. So I think possession and territory were were pretty even at half time and still pretty even at full time actually, probably just to the tars. Yep, just the tars. Fifty four percent on on both of those to the tars and forty six to the uh, to the Sunwolves. The and the the try off the scrum was when Hooper was yellow carded for not releasing, and if you're giving up, if you're giving up fifteen penalties, you expect to give up a yellow card as well. That's just uh, that number's just too big. But other, apart from that, the the Tars managed that uh, that ten minutes very well and scored a try. It was the, only their the, only the second score in the half was while Hooper was off, mm. uh, giving Nor- and uh, Noravoro one on one. A little bit of space, and once he'd taken three or four steps, no one was going to stop him, were they? Uh, you'd almost put your house on it, wouldn't you? <laughs> the uh, he did had had a, a, a very big game. Um, I know we got, we're going on about him, or I am anyway, because he's made he made 184 meters running, which is crazy numbers. Uh, anyone who does 100 is considered good, and that's his third game on the trot where he's done 100 running meters with the ball in hand. Um, he only scored one try today, rather than two in the last two games. So that's, uh, but he definitely made. A couple as well, and it's interest, interesting though. Um, you know, with the type of winger that he is, and the number of times he got the ball, and the number of meters that he made, it's not as if he comes in off his wing and and takes balls off the nine or the ten or the twelve. You know, it's all getting passed out to him. He's he's out wide. He is out wide. There's lots of uh, the commentators were saying, "Look, we want. I'd like to see him running off Foley and because he always makes it over the gain line because he's so big." Yes. True, uh, I, I do think fitness is an issue for him. I think if you if you ask him to have a higher work rate, he's not going to last the game. So part of the reason he can last the 80 minutes is because he just sits out there on the wing and doesn't come and find work. So I think if he came and find work, he would be yeah, he, he just wouldn't last last the pace. He's uh, moving that amount that that size of body around takes an awful lot of effort. Mm. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, same here, but he was the only person to get over 100 meters by the in in the tars. Uh, Ronan was the next with 85 meters, so he ran nearly 100 meters more than the next bet person. Uh, we've talked about little uh, Mazuwawe. Oh yeah. Oh, I hope. Sorry about that. But the other player that played really well was um, Hino, number eight for the uh, for the Sunwolves. I thought had a good game uh, as well. He's a strong player. Strong player got through a bunch of work. Um, as, as as well, the defending. Um, we're going to call out a few players, but Lemeki missed five tackles. Um, the fullback Matty Sumia missed six tackles, and there were definitely some uh, tries where I thought that there was some very poor tackling. Uh, the the one I'm thinking of, of Gordon's try from off the, off the the scrum. The or oh, I think it was that one or where. Um, one of Gordon's tries, the, the the fly half comes across, and doesn't just basically just wafts his hand as the player as a try scored rather than trying to get underneath the ball, as we saw from the Tars uh, at the end of the game. And I think yeah, defensively, there are a number of players in that Sunwolves back line that need to that, that need need to need to learn how to well do a lot of work really. As you alluded to earlier, though, uh, I'm assuming that Lemeki and Matsushima's misses were mostly on Nairavoro. Oh, uh, probably that's true. Um, to be fair, um, on the other side of it, Beal made six tackles but missed five, uh, mm. so he's a bit hidden. He he tends to rush out uh, up the line and and go high, which means it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But Wells got through a lot of work. 
at number eight, making 11 tackles. So he was the top tackler on the on the, on the the TARS side of things. Uh, and as we said, Curtis Rohner again, he was also very good um, defensively in that back line. So He's been a big improver, I think, Curtis Rohner. He, he could be a, a real... Um, a real player of the future for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, he's an ex-league player, isn't he? He is from uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs. So yeah, I think he's still learning his trade. For sure. Um, in, uh, for, in, in Union. Um, any other players you want to? Otherwise, I think I've covered all the, to- all the things I was going to talk about for this game. Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, it was interesting that Jay Gordon came off at the end with what looked like a sore calf. Um, they're saying that Nick Phipps should be ready for next week if um, if Gordon's injured. Phipps was playing club rugby today in Sydney. Um, not sure if Bryce Hegarty coming off at halftime was due to an injury or not, but that'll be interesting to find out because he's been playing well the last few weeks. He has, yep. It's yeah. I think Newsom's the one person in that back line you've got to, that's got to think of whether he's actually going to get another game or not. Everyone else, I think, had um, were, were pretty good. Yeah, and Fakedi was pretty good when he came on. I, I think um, could probably look at playing him at fourteen instead of Newsom. But he came on and played twelve, didn't he? He did. They did a bit of a reshuffle. So yeah. I'm not sure if, if if they see him as a as, as a winger really, uh, and trying to uh, trying to oust Veal is is pretty much impossible. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to happen. Um, as you say, Shoot Shield has kicked off in uh, in Sydney. Have you been? Have you kept a, a one eye on that, or or, or not yet? Uh, not yet. Um, Northern Suburbs and Warringah was the televised game, which is a replay of last year's grand final. But I recorded that and I'll watch that at some other point over the weekend. Didn't see any of the other scores either. Cool. Yeah, I've not looked at the scores yet, but I have. Uh, this is my first year where I'm actually playing the, uh, the um, doing the prediction league for Shoot Shield. I'm doing it purely on names as I don't know anything about <laughs> it, but we'll give it a so- yeah, don't expect any prediction videos for Shoot Shield coming out anytime soon. Um, right. But uh, but I'm giving you the I am giving you a go trying to keep an eye on it this year for the first time. Good. So, um, Hugh, why don't you let people know where they can uh, get in touch and chat rugby with you during the week as well? Sure, happy to chat on Twitter. My handle is hef0909. And I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, so at Driving Mall on Twitter or comments down below. Please do subscribe to the red box there, or my face will be there on the recording, latest video in a box there and all that kind of stuff. I'll be back after the Chiefs-Blues game with post-match reaction and after the Brumbies-Reds uh, game with post-match reaction. So join me for those. <laughs>